0: The Big Fight Weekend Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie and now they're offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20 to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for instant deposit matches up to 50 bucks. That's ThriveFantasy.com. Promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay per head providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to 6 weeks free over at aceperhead.com/sgp. That's aceperhead.com/sgp. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, ring the bell. We are back in with another edition of our boxing podcast here from BigFightWeekend.com. I am merely your somewhat capable host. I do have excellent guestage coming here on the show, forthcoming, straight ahead, and post-haste as we get ready to talk about all of the fights Not just for this weekend, but in the month of October. Yes, uh, I know it is Halloween at the end of the month, but it's not a trick. It's going to be a lot of treats with all of the different fights that are going to be happening, including a Friday night world featherweight title showdown involving uh, one of the bigger punchers right now in the smaller weights, Emmanuel Navarrete, El Vaquero, the cowboy, Navarrete in action in Las Vegas, the top-ranked boxing bubble. As he gets set to take on Ruben Villa, that for the WBO Vacant Featherweight Championship, ESPN will show this title fight. Navarrete has not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six knockouts in his last six fights and all of them over the course of about the last 21 months or so. Been very active, been a big knockout puncher. We're looking forward to talking about him. First up with Steve Kim, the boxing reporter insider for ESPN themselves and ESPN.com. Steve will have insight on this fight, plus the big action coming next weekend in the Vegas bubble, lightweight unification world title fight Vasily Lomachenko, Teofimo Lopez. All the belts are up for grabs. This is one of the more exciting fights for the end of 2020. Steve Kim of ESPN here to talk about that. And the other action that is going on. Also later on on the podcast, Marquise Johns here with me, senior fight, uh, senior big fight weekend writer. Love Marquise's insight. Uh, he will be here to mix it up about Navarrete's Friday night title defense, the weekend fights, including the Matchroom Boxing Show. Uh, Liam Williams, uh, one of their top middleweight fighters, he will be in action. Uh, We'll get the insight from Marquise on that. And we've got some other boxing news over the course of this week, including the moving of the dates of two different PBC big-time title fights and pay-per-views. The Gervonta Davis-Leo Santa Cruz fight is on the move. We'll talk about that and why. And also... Uh, The showdown between Errol Spence and Danny Garcia, long awaited, long delayed because of the pandemic, but also the car accident involving the unified uh, 147-pound champ Spence. They were supposed to fight at the beginning of 2020, but because of the car accident from Spence, it was delayed. Then because of the COVID-19 pandemic and the shutdown of the sport delayed even further, Spence has finally resumed sparring, After the concussion, the hairline fracture of the jaw, Spence's pay-per-view with Danny Garcia now being moved into December will tell you why, and it has to do with fans in attendance. Same thing for Tank Davis and Santa Cruz, Spence and Danny Swift Garcia. Fans are going to be present, and, and both of these fight cards are going to be held in the great state of Texas. The stars at night are big and bright. Give me some crowd in Texas. And it looks like there will be some crowd for both of those. And I promise to try not to sing anymore on the podcast, at least for this edition. So Marquise Johns, I butchered it earlier, Senior Writer Big Fight Weekend coming up later on in the podcast. Reminder, however you found us, through a social media link, through the BigFightWeekend.com website, through Sports Gambling Podcast and their network of shows, SportsGamblingPodcast.com, subscribe away. We are previewing away... Uh, All the way through the end of the year, basically for every weekend coming up of fights, we've got the preview here. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, subscribe to Big Fight Weekend. As uh, we hang out here previewing the fights and when they are big enough and important enough, we'll pop back on with a post-fight edition of the Big Fight Weekend podcast So again, you get it automatically. Whenever there's a new show, usually on Fridays, typically on Fridays, uh, the new show will come out to help preview the weekend. Recap shows, though, could be coming uh, Saturday night, late night, Sunday, even Monday morning. Just uh, take care of it by subscribing. That's all you have to do. Uh, Hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. It comes automatically to your handheld device and uh, look forward to having more and more of you subscribe and five-star rate us and review us. More people will see the podcast, find out about it. If you review us, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and Spotify especially. We love that. And thank you again to our friends, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Colby Dant, everybody involved with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows as we hop on as their boxing podcast. They've got a fleet of shows, a lot of it centered around pro football, college football, but whether it is uh, English Premier League, horse racing, uh, MMA, all of it on the Sports Gambling Podcast and their network of shows, we are their boxing arm. So thank you to those guys. And again, reminder to subscribe, and you, and you get this podcast and the and the very latest in boxing, not just in the U.S. We talk about it uh, from Europe and the U.K. to the Far East. The monster, Naoya Inouye, is coming. Uh, the The world bantamweight uh, unification title fight, Inouye. And this is an international flair. Jason Maloney of Australia, they'll be fighting at the end of the month. Whether we're talking about Manny Pacquiao making a comeback out of the Philippines um, uh, Tim Zoo in Australia. We write about it on BigFightWeekend.com. We talk about it here on the podcast. All right, so let's get to it. I got my guests on the way. Steve Kim of ESPN here with a breakdown of the fights this weekend and next weekend in the Vegas bubble. Marquise John's coming, including a little gambling info Uh, What about Navarrete with the possible knockout on Friday night? No matter matter when you're hearing the podcast, whether it's in advance of the Friday night uh, Navarrete main event on top rank uh, or any of the fights this weekend. uh, Again, a reminder, we are taping and we're in the preview mode here. Thank you for hopping on here with us. Let's get to the guests and much more right now. As we mentioned, it is going to be a very interesting Friday night and really an entire month of boxing action, including what's going to be happening through Top Rank Boxing and ESPN. And who better to help me talk about that part, that angle, than ESPN, a senior boxing writer and insider, Steve Kim, back with us on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. First of all, thank you for doing this. And uh, we've really got some entertaining fights worldwide and in the United States coming in October, uh, including Emmanuel Navarrete fighting on Friday night. We'll get to that fight specifically in a few moments. First of all, how are you and are you as amped as we are right now with these big time fights coming up?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, as someone that had to cover just about every single fight in one fashion or form, uh, starting on what, June 9th. And I actually got to go to the bubble one time, and, and a lot of other cards that have taken place, uh, and let's be honest about it. The first, I would say, 15 to 20 shows that were televised by either ESPN, Showtime, or Fox. You know, I don't want to say that they're meaningless, but I, I think in terms of pure entertainment value and what they really meant to the overall landscape of the game and, and the importance, You know, boxing in terms of the major fights, I think it kind of started with the Charlo doubleheader, which I just think ended about, what, 10 minutes ago? (laughs) Has that ended yet? But, I mean, it's good to have some meaningful fights, and now we have a real lineup going up and down every week consistently from the various platforms that, look, it's been a tough time for boxing in the world of sports and the world in general, from about, what, mid-March all the way, I would say, to at least maybe the start of football season in September. And there does seem to be a little bit more sense of normalcy as we see cards not only taking place, but now actually being rescheduled to accommodate live fans with certain social distancing guidelines.
0: Make no mistake, the, the fights are getting better. You're absolutely right um, about that. Um, All right, so I I will go chronologically. Navarrete is a very entertaining fighter. Maybe not everybody knows about him. Hardcore fight fans know about him. Big knockout guy over the last year and a half, including beating Isaac Dogbe not once but twice. You can question some of the fights after that that have been knockouts, but he's still scoring KOs. He's the main event on ESPN for Friday night at the time that we're taping. I'm intrigued. I know Marquise, who will be on in a little bit on the part on the podcast, also intrigued. How intrigued are you to see if he keeps the knockout streak going? And shouldn't fight fans be paying more attention uh, to the to the Mexican uh, super bantamweight champ uh, moving up now to featherweight Emmanuel Navarrete?
1: I'm very intrigued, and I'm actually really looking forward to what Ruben Villa has. Now, the backstory is that Jesse Magdaleno, who was in line to fight for this vacant title left by Shakur Stevenson. They thought it was going to be him against Navarrete, but he he could not come to a financial agreement. Instead, Villa, who was rated, I believe, number two or three. Ruben Villa is a guy I called some of his fights when I was doing work for Thompson Boxing when they developed him on the scene. He's a very skilled boxer. I'll make this statement right now. Ruben Villa is better than any of the guys that Navarrete faced since winning the title including Dog Bay. He is a skilled southpaw. He's a little bit like Lomachenko. He has that type of skill set. And to put this into perspective, in four amateur fights, he went two and two with Shakur Stevenson. So this is a highly skilled craftsman. Now, does he have a lot of power? No. But does he punch sharp enough and fast enough to give Navarette problems? Yeah, because I actually like Navarrete's style for via because... When you consistently pitch fastballs down the middle and you put on that steady pressure and you open up, I think it actually works to Ruben Villa's favor. Now, the caveat is, can he do it for 36 minutes? Because as you said, a lot of pressure, and pressure can bust pipes. But I believe that Ruben Villa is a very, very live dog.
0: Well, and and we shall see what kind of test he gives Navarrete. Uh, We saw him back. Uh, on the undercard of Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder have some problems. He hurt his hand in that fight, having having problems to put uh, the challenger away in that one. It took like 10 or 11 rounds, but he is a spectacular puncher. He's got dynamite. We'll see if that's the case in the Friday night main event. Fast-forwarding eight days, everybody pointing to the unified 135-pound showdown, Vasily Lomachenko, unbeaten Teofimo Lopez from New York, this, this is one of the top fights remaining in 2020. It's going to be on ESPN, not on pay-per-view. Uh, again, uh, going chronologically here, this is a big-time big entertaining fight. I'm excited about it. I want your thought on it.
1: When I did the top 10 list of the best remaining fights of 2020, that probably came out about three, four weeks ago, number one on my list, was Vasily Lomachenko, Teofimo Lopez. And it wavered for a while. It looked like the COVID would kind of knock this fight out of the schedule because without a lot gate, it changed the finances. Somehow they finagled the books, they cooked the books, they made it happen. And, you know, I spoke to Teofimo Lopez's father about two days ago. And as always, he had a lot to say. And he remains as confident and as committed maybe even more so than ever, that his son is going to shock the world. And to him, it won't be a shock. He says it's going to be under six rounds. You know, the only question that I have is, is he going to have enough mobility to deal with the footwork and the angles that are going to be given by Lomachenko? Now, there's one, I believe, misperception about Fimo that he's just basically this really heavy-handed puncher. In my view, he's actually very crafty. He knows how to set up counter punches. He can slip and roll. He can throw a check counter. He can counter punch you. He knows how to guide you into punches, as he did to Richard Comey. But I I do believe that the experience factor is going to be very key. But go back a couple of fights when he fought. and I'm talking about Lomachenko when he faced Jose Pedraza. He got touched a lot. I've always gotten the sense for as great as he is, and he's one of the best in the world, He's not really a 35-pounder. Teofimo Lopez one day will be a 40, and he'll be a 47-pounder. The natural strength and punching power really goes in that one direction. If he is able to close the gap and crowd him and get his hands moving in unison with Lomachenko, he's got a great shot. I I have never actually thought this was too soon, and I don't buy any of these comparisons to this being the modern-day version of Joe Calzaghe against Jeff Lacey.
0: Interesting. Uh, Steve Kim again from ESPN with us for a few more minutes. It's the Big Fight Weekend podcast helping us break down some of these October big. Uh, battles in some of the lighter weight divisions. I'll I'll add one more. Uh, Put me in the camp, though. Lomachenko much more tested than Lopez. I'm a big guy, having followed the sport for a long time, that experience matters. And Lomachenko has that advantage. He's been in with much better competition, craftier like you mentioned, good puncher. Uh, We'll see. We'll see if Lomachenko... Uh, can it can control the fight? Can Lopez overcome some of what we're talking about? Does he get frustrated because he's young and not as experienced? That's part of the intrigue, right? Coming on October 17th.
1: Yes. And you know what's interesting? You talk about the experience. They both, if I'm not mistaken, have 15 professional fights. When right. You're right. It's quantity versus quality. Lomachenko's had one of the great short careers of all time. This is a guy that'll be in the Hall of Fame, in my view. He may not even have 25 fights when it's all said and done. I mean, from his second fight on, he's basically fought nothing but guys who are either world-class contenders, world champions, or former world champions. And look, he, in my view, caught up to Orlando Salido late. And if that fight was refereed a little bit differently, he'd be unbeaten. And after dropping that decision, and this is never talked about, I don't understand why this is so overlooked, and I think it's very unfair. The people that don't like Lomachenko for whatever reason, they always point out the loss to Salito as if that's going to be held against him, like the scarlet letter, right? (laughs) But they never bring up the fact that the next fight, he's the only guy to beat up a very, very good elite fighter in Gary Russell. I, I find that to be very interesting. Now, I was at that fight, and I've happened to believe that Gary Russell, since that fight and since the time that Lomachenko has moved up in weight, is the best featherweight in the world. I don't care that he fights once a year like it's Groundhog Day. I don't care that he's been underpromoted or mismanaged by Al Heyman and the PBC. Last four or five years, I've said, who's the best featherweight in the world? That kid out of D.C. Lomachenko dominated him. Dominated him. Mm. It wasn't really all that close. And from that point on, and, and this is where I think he really separates himself, Lomachenko, and why I would say right now, even if he retired, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Number one is amateur career. That has to mean something. But there's a lot of guys like Adrian Broner or Ricky Burns. They say that I'm a three-division champion or four-division champion. And, look, with the plethora of belts out there, you could be a champion in four divisions and never have been close to being ever unified or considered the best in your division. Loma was the best at 26. That was the consensus. The consensus was he was the best at 30, but then he still couldn't find fights. And now is on the verge of unifying at 135, which is at least one weight class above his optimal. Th- that's pretty damn amazing.
0: Yeah, well, and you got to give credit uh, here again. He he fought, as you mentioned, for a world title in his second pro fight, and again uh, went to England in his last fight. and And I don't know if dominated. He was he was good, if not great, for most of the fight with Luke Campbell and won easily and convincingly. In that fight, we'll see what it looks like for the upcoming bout with Teofimo Lopez again on ESPN. And we should say publicly again here uh, that Bob Arum in Top Rank uh, tip of the hat here because it's not going to be on pay per view. He understands uh, that for a lot of people that are out there right now, they're struggling financially, et cetera, et cetera. Not everybody can keep coming up with fifty nine ninety five, sixty nine ninety five to pay for pay per views. So they could have pushed for that, but they're going to have it on ESPN. And I say compliments, and I know you agree with that, because the fight fan wins with this thing. More eyeballs will be on it, and the fight fan wins here, Steve, on that.
1: Right, and we we have to look at the reality. It's been a very tough stretch for a lot of America. At least 35 to 40 million of our populace has either lost their jobs or have been furloughed. And I I don't know if a lot of people – have as much disposable income as they did, let's say, eight months ago. The other factor is uh, there is a pretty busy pay-per-view slate. My understanding is that the Charlo pay-per-view, which I love from a critical standpoint, did not do well commercially. I thought it was very telling that Showtime never came out with a public statement about how well it did. With that being said, you still have two more pay-per-views with Tank Davis taking on Leo Santa Cruz and then Danny Garcia taking on Errol Spence, and then I don't know what's going to go on with Fury Wilder. I get the sense that's going to be kicked into the early part of 2021 now. I mean, I'm not exactly Rockefeller. and I'm assuming you're not either. But <laughs> How many people right now, and if you have a family and you've got groceries to pay, we're all trying to earn an honest living. Do you really have 200 to $250 sitting around in between your seat cushions just to pull out for pay-per-views the next four months? I'm not so sure how many people have that. I mean, we have to be very respectful and mindful of what is going on. And, and to, to be completely honest, uh, there had to be a thought process from both Top Rank and ESPN that this has to be a long-term investment. Do I believe that in regular circumstances, let's say this spike took place in April and May without the pandemic, would it be taking place at Madison Square Garden on pay-per-view? Yes, that's the possibility. Now I think they kind of laid back and say, you know what, let's do a long-term investment here, that this is our best fight on our schedule. Do we want to have the smallest available audience for it, or do we want to be able to create a star and keep pushing the boxing brand on our network? So that's just, And I think it was a prudent choice, because let's be honest, as much as me and you like to fight Lopez Lomachenko, I, I'm not so sure it would break 200,000 buys at this moment.
0: Yeah, and I think that's fair uh, because, again, hardcore boxing fans are going to watch, but you're looking for the casual sports fan. You're looking for the sports fan that watches football on a weekend that wants to still watch this now that we're in the football season like you were talking about. Uh, earlier. Uh, and I'm I'm obviously intrigued, and they are going to be on pay-per-view, and there are going to be fans, apparently, for Tank Davis and Leo Santa Cruz. And then the Errol Spence pay-per-view with Danny Garcia has now apparently also been moved to December again to have fans. It's been pushed back a couple of weeks to have fans and have it at AT&T Stadium, help with the live gate, help with paying the fighters more money. That will still be on pay-per-view as well, but Lopez, Lomachenko, uh, will not. We got to scoot. I know you got to scoot in a moment or two. I promised. Uh, Miami Hurricanes, Clemson Tigers. I know it is boxing first and foremost, but like a one A is your Miami Hurricanes. I know that about you, and you should know that I have broadcasted two of the games on national radio with Tiki Barber already. The win over Louisville and the and the destruction of Florida State. The Canes look good. We're gonna find out how good they really are when they take on Godzilla Saturday night. So you're ready for fireworks, top rank Friday night in the bubble in Vegas, and then more fireworks, Miami Hurricanes, Clemson Tigers, Saturday night. I understand that. I get that about you.
1: Hey, look, when the Showtime card, which was scheduled for Saturday night, was moved because Sergey Lipin, opponent, uh, could not come up with the visa extension, I have never rooted so hard for someone not to get their visa on time, <laughs> quite like last week, because it clears my day. <laughs> I, I'm going to my friend's house. We're making this college football palooza, and at 7:30, you know it's amazing for a program that went six and seven last year and was an abject disaster uh, under the first year of Manny Diaz. This is our third nationally televised primetime game on ABC, and this is the litmus test. And I was actually there the last time we played Clemson in the ACC title game, and quite frankly, we were overmatched. I still remember that game. That Amon Richards, our number one receiver, he busted his knee. He was gone. Chris Herndon, NFL tight end. He hurt his knee the week before in the loss to Pitt. Mark Walton, who was putting together a really good year. um, You know, he got injured early in the – I just knew at that point we didn't have a shot. Look, Miami is going to be the decided underdog. I believe the point spreads between 12 and 14. But I actually like our chances because I don't see Clemson being quite as dominant on the front four – I think the loss of Justin Ross on the outside helps Miami because they don't have great cornerback depth. And you were there. That that offense is a 180 from that garbage we were running last year <laughs> with, with Brett Lashley. <laughs> no and, you doubt.
0: Know, you know what
1: Brett Lashley is? I, I call him Netflix. And the reason why is because Miami, Miami has been that one major program, along with maybe USC till a couple years ago. They kept running pro-style offense without realizing everyone else was going to spread. And not only they ones going spread, Spread, they're going up tempo, no huddle. You got to have space and pace. You got to have both, really, in today's football. In my view, at the upper level, and for, so for years we were that last family that had the VCR and still had the Blockbuster <laughs> video membership card. <laughs> now we've got Netflix, man. We're chilling. And, um... and that Louisville game, I thought was key, and where I thought it had changed this, and you were at that game. Two times in the second half, Louisville got to within a touchdown, and I'm thinking, oh, geez, here we go. Here we go. And each time, Rhett Lashley pulled something out of his back pocket and created these unbelievable uh, explosive plays where he schemed it up. And we scored 47, and I actually thought Miami left about two or three touchdowns on the board, and I said, this is different. And I actually think if they can get early first downs against Clemson, and rack up the number of plays so that's a big component is wearing teams down with the sheer volume of plays. I think they actually have a shot to make this thing very competitive
0: listen to I mean you went on and on there for like two minutes about the hurricanes. I told you uh this is going to be some kind of game he's fired up about it. We love the boxing, but i had to I had to tee one up for Steve Kim to talk about the Canes. are the canes back We'll find out Trevor Lawrence and Clemson are waiting in death Valley we'll find out for the football we'll find out about the boxing again emmanuel navarrete and ruben Villa is the main event wbo featherweight title friday night on espn lomachenko and teofimo lopez is the saturday night october 17th main event on espn world lightweight unification fights we look forward to those steve will be writing all about those Three knockdown rule podcast with Mario Lopez as well. They need to find that wherever they get podcasts, correct, sir? Because you guys are constantly breaking it down. You and Mario on the boxing, and Mario hardcore boxing along with you, breaking down all these fights that we've got coming. The last three months are going to be fantastic here in 2020 with the big names fighting, right?
2: Yeah,
1: and we've had a scheduling snafu this week, so we're going to be taping an extra long edition. On Monday morning or afternoon, we're going to be talking about that unbelievable fight last week that happened with Jose Zepeda and Ivan oh, Baranchik, and oh. previewing Lopez Lomachenko. Yep. Can, can
0: we say about Baranchik, uh and Zepeda in that one, I-, I lost track of the knockdowns at 57. It was Rock'em rock <laughs> Sock'em Robots. Uh, there were no world titles on the line. Those are not household names. What a great fight, an instant classic, and I and we can't talk enough about that. And I'm just I'm glad that Baranchik is okay because it was a violent one punch final KO. Uh, he appears to be okay, but what a fight, Steve! Wow.
1: There were eight total knockouts, and in that fight, you had I think a couple of round of the years. You had the knockout of the year, and you may have had the fight of the year, and mm. I personally cannot recall JT a fight that went more than 2 3 rounds where every round there was a knockdown <laughs>
0: And it wasn't just I, one guy knocking the other one down. Yeah. It was repeated back, okay, you knocked me down, now I knock you down. Like tennis, almost. It was wild. Great fight. And it just shows you just one more time, you don't know. That's why you got to tune in for this Navarrete uh, title defense, Lomachenko-Lopez, the Tank Davis. If if we eventually get to Fury Wilder with Wilder's big right hand and, and Fury's talent, you just don't know. In boxing, it's different.
1: No, every time you found that first bell it really is a pandora's box and that that fight had a lot of gaddy ward it had a little corrales castillo a little ron lyle george foreman maybe a little Hagler hern it's one of the better fights of the i would say the past decade it's the fights that have kind of stood out to me jt and i've been fortunate to be at some of them bradley provodnikoff in 2013 was very memorable orlando salito against francisco vargas That fight that took place Saturday, and I told this to Bob Aram today when I spoke to him, you know, it's 2020, and in nine years when you do the decade of the year awards or the, you know, decade of, it's going to take a hell of a fight to displace that as the fight of the decade, but I think we could talk about that in 2029. But I just can't imagine a fight that's going to be any more dramatic, violent, and entertaining than what we saw last Saturday night.
0: Mm -mm -mm. All right. We'll see what happens with all of this, Steve. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me some time here. Uh, Marquis says hello as well. He's going to pop on here in the next segment of the podcast. We'll make some predictions. So on behalf of him and what we do at Big Fight Weekend, thank you. And keep up the great work at ESPN and ESPN.com. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Anytime. Call again. Appreciate it.
0: And there he goes. We love Steve Kim's insight. Follow him on social media at Steve ESPN Kim, and he does it creatively. His first name, Steve, is the E for the ESPN. So it's Steve SPN Kim for all their boxing. Their insider uh, does a great job reporting in the three knockdown rule podcast with he and Mario Lopez uh, the actor-entertainer who's also a huge fight fan. Check out their podcast wherever you get podcasts as well. Marquise John, still straight ahead with me, senior fi- uh, re- uh, writer of BigFightWeekend.com. He's coming up to give me some more analysis on the Navarrete card and all the action this weekend as well as later on in the month of October as we rock along on the show. But first, let's talk about our friends at MyBookie.ag. Winning season means the NFL's in full swing, and it's your chance to win big with MyBookie.ag. There's no sweeter feeling than watching your team storm back in the fourth quarter to put a game away and put cash in your pocket just like the Buccaneers were able to do last week, storming back from 17 down against the Chargers behind Tom Brady. So whether whether you're a first-time player, whether you're a veteran in the game, trying to take underdogs or siding with the favorites, the fact is there's no better time to get in the action. So join up right now and use our promo code SGP20 and you can grab a free $20 wager with your first deposit to bet on anything in the sportsbook that's right my bookie is giving you the chance to make your first ever bet a winning one and it's on the house whether it's the nfl the major league baseball playoffs Whatever's going on, an NBA final still happening on Friday, maybe this weekend. Check it all out. It's part of winning season. And again, the promo code for the $20 free bet is SGP20. Just remember, it's all with my bookie. You bet, you win, you get paid. Promo code SGP20. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app. For player props and with Thrive you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact in the game. In the NFL you choose 10 out of the 20 available player props and build your lineup. In the NBA or PGA Tour golf, MLB playoffs, esports you choose five of the 10 players available, build up your lineup with the props and go get it done. So I love a couple of props. If you're hearing us for the Thursday night games, look out for Buccaneers running back Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie out of Vanderbilt. Caught a touchdown pass last week uh, from Tom Brady. Pressed into duty because of injuries to Leonard Fournette, LaShawn McCoy. So in the Thursday night game with the Bears, Keyshawn Vaughn, whatever he has in terms of total yards, catches, play the over for Keyshawn Vaughn. He's going to have a great chance to do well on a player prop. If you like another player prop from this weekend, look out for Ben Roethlisberger. I know Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast doesn't want to hear this, but look out for Ben Roethlisberger, angry off of an off week against a vulnerable Eagles defense at home. I look for Roethlisberger to light it up for three bills in the air and probably two to three touchdowns. Play the overs for Roethlisberger this week as well for Thrive Fantasy. And remember, you hit those props and you rack up the most points and you win your share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes every week and has awarded over $1.6 billion in cash prizes already. Use our promo code SGP when you sign up for the first time, and you get an instant match up to $50 on that first deposit. So if you put $10 in, you get $10. You put $50 in, you get $50, up to $50. Download Thrive Fantasy at the App Store or go to the website thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today, and remember our promo code SGP. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive, professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. We're back on Big Bike Weekend. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. As promised, we do get the opportunity to talk with the senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Marquise Johns here to mix it up once more at the end of the podcast, especially with this Friday night Emanuel Navarrete a title a fight, a vacant WBO featherweight title on the line, ESPN televising, top ranked bubble. Uh, there's other fights this weekend, so you may already know the Navarrete result if you're hearing us on Saturday, uh, for example. But we are in the preview mode for Friday night in particular. So much to get to. How you feeling? I know you've been shadow boxing uh, back in the dressing room, hitting the padded gloves, getting loose, getting ready for this segment. After we had Steve Kim, uh, ESPN Boxing <laughs> Inside Run. How you feeling there, Week Sauce? <laughs>
2: Pretty good, DJ. Yeah, that that meat doesn't tend to itself, man. Gotta keep guys stay active.
0: Yes, you you absolutely do. Um, all right, so uh, Steve had some very interesting thoughts. Again, both of these top ranked shows will be on Big ESPN. It's a reward for fight fans. It's not on pay per view. Navarrete, you and I have kind of become uh, somewhat fans of the knockouts that he's been delivering. Steve Kim said to me, Ruben Villa is the best fighter he will have fought, including Dog Bay, in the last couple of years. He believes from a style and strategy standpoint, this will be a real challenge Friday night in the Vegas bubble for Navarrete. The, uh, the Mexican star who defended his junior featherweight title five times is now moving up to featherweight to challenge for a title. What say you, Marquise, and how big of a challenge will it be?
2: This is going to be a big challenge for Navarrete, and it's a lot of reasons, TJ, why uh, people are having uh, Villa actually being a slight favorite and possibly winning this vacant belt away from Navarrete. The one thing with Navarrete in his last few fights, as you know, me and him, we're, we're big fans of him. He's been active. But he's been facing the, the, the Vaca's of the world, and, and Villa is a world title challenger, and is actually pretty good in terms of, for Navarrete, they provides a lot of issues for him style-wise.
0: And interestingly, I mean, we'll go ahead and talk about this, because we're on the Sports Gambling Podcast and the network of shows. Navarrete is favored. You look at the line on, on mybookie.ag, he's minus 275. Marquise to win this one. Ruben Villa might be a tasty underdog plus 180. We're more concerned with the knockout proposition. And on a couple of the sports books that I've seen, Navarrete two and a half to one to win by knockout or TKO and the under over 10 and a half rounds. That's pretty standard for later in the fight. I might like the under there for Navarrete in the Friday night main event on being able to score a knockout or stoppage before the 11th round. What do you think?
2: I think that's a good possibility, TJ. And I would recommend, actually, if you're going to pay, play that, that double down on the whip and the knockdown proposition as well. Because the one thing with Navarrete in this fight, in most of his passing fights, as you know, TJ, he's got off to slow starts, but once he turns it on, it's it, it, it's over. And I don't think Vila is going to knock him out in terms of uh, prospects on that on the other end of it. So it's really interesting prop for Navarro if he does get to score a knockdown on this one.
0: Villa, by the way, Marquise, 33 to 1 to score a knockout of Navarro <laughs> Wow. So that is wow. a definite sucker odds. Uh, line and proposition that they're trying to get you to bet on. And he's not a very big puncher. Uh Steve was saying that. You're saying that. Navarrete has the very interesting left uppercut that you don't see all the time. We saw Pavetkin in the heavyweight division flatten Dillian White with it. Uh, we used to see Mike Tyson back in the day launch and throw the left uppercut. Navarrete's got a pretty wicked leaping left uppercut. So let's see if that's a factor against the Southpaw in this fight tonight. Okay, follow up on what Steve was saying, uh, Marquise, about the Lomachenko-Lopez week is next week. We'll obviously preview the fight more. uh, But the fact that ESPN has got these shows on Friday night of this week, Saturday night next week, without it being on pay-per-view, without it being on ESPN+. Plus. There's a lot of buildup here in the top rank Vegas bubble. Tell us more. Tell us more about what you think and what we've been writing about.
2: Absolutely, TJ. There's a lot of promotion for this fight, TJ, coming up next Friday for ESPN on, on top and ESPN's end as well. And if you've been paying attention to ESPN this week, programming-wise, they've been showing the classics. They've been showing the Muhammad Ali-Frazier fights. Uh, in prime time, around yep. eight o'clock during the week, during all of this, so they're they're conditioning the the network to sh- give you the idea that hey, we're showing boxing for the next couple of weeks on Friday nights, and that's the big thing with this. As well as it was a great special that Top Rank and ESPN put out. About these two leading up to it as well, uh, things that, I think part two came out actually yesterday about uh, the uh, build up for both these guys for this undisputed belt uh, title belt at one thirty five it's actually pretty good what the promotion they're doing for this one
0: well and and you mentioned that we love the historical perspective on our website, and I happen to be doing some work i I want to say this was Wednesday night, and suddenly I looked because we can see this through the technology. The website was going crazy with traffic on our historical piece of Alexis Arguello, Aaron Pryor. And I'm looking at the site and I'm going, wow, there's a lot of people looking at our historical piece from that great fight in 1982. And I suddenly look and flip and, oh, wait a minute. They're showing it, to your point, on ESPN. They're reliving mm-hmm. it through the top rank replays. What a great battle that was. Uh, world welterweight title uh, a battle at the Old Orange Bowl in Miami with 60,000 people. They've since torn it down. Great back and forth fight. Great controversy at the end of the fight on whether Pryor was being given uh, essentially stimulants in his, in his water at the end of the fight to help revive him and help him score the TKO. So we I, I, again, uh, we love the history making fights, and it's a cool thing that ESPN brought back the thrilling Manila Ali Frazier, Prior Arguello, some of the more exciting fights to get fight fans amped up to watch some of these newer guys get ready to take on time. I love your point; it's a it's it's a smart move on their part, right, to build it up.
2: Absolutely, TJ, and since and it helps uh, as you know, TJ, I think we've mentioned this on prior podcasts before, where ESPN was going to pump money into this in terms of promoting for boxing. Yeah, mainly because you know, because you know, because the pandemic, there's not too much. They, they can only show so much college football. And since they can't show Ball State versus Illinois State on Thursdays, hey, well, let's show some classic <laughs> boxing fights. And that's what we're getting forward on ESPN, and it's actually working out pretty well.
0: Okay. Uh, a couple of fights that have been moved. We were going to have successive weekends of exciting championship fights, but the Tank Davis Leo Santa Cruz fight now being moved back a couple of weeks. That's the PBC Showtime pay per view. It will it will be moved because it will have fans. Uh, it was announced earlier this week. They're moving it to the Alamo Dome in San Antonio out of the Mohegan Sun bubble in Connecticut at the Casino. To the Alamo Dome, they could have as many as 10,000, it looks like, socially distanced fans for Santa Cruz and Tank Davis. Similarly, in Texas now, they've moved back the Errol Spence World Welterweight title fight with Danny Garcia by a couple of weeks. That fight to be played at the Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, again with fans. Marquise, your assessment here. This seems to be a win all the way around, and, and kudos to Premier Boxing Champions and uh, Showtime and Fox that they're willing to angle around on the schedule, move the fights back, go where you can have some fans. I think it'll be a better product. It'll be a more exciting atmosphere for the fight. Fighters will get a little more money if there's live gate. Uh, there's a lot of positives here. That's a good sign.
2: Absolutely, TJ. And the one thing that was mentioned during the uh, Santa cruz uh, Javante Davis uh, media call that they had on Wednesday, uh, Tom Brown of T.G. Promotions, as well as Premier Boxing Champions, pretty much, pretty much said verbatim, uh, and I'm going to quote him on this, where he says, Texas was an ideal location for us in reference to the Santa Cruz-Davis fight. Shockingly enough, 24 hours later, they announced the Spence Garcia card. So they're pretty much making these fight cards with fans in Texas because they can have fans in Texas. Simple strategy, right? So I'm looking forward to that. And it's going to bring up credit cards just on the PBC side because before, you know, the Spence Garcia and and this David Santa Cruz card, TJ, we were getting on just regular Fox television from Melos, Porter, right. Vendetti, Lara, not exactly uh, eye-catching or must-see boxing television on a Saturday night in prime time, mind you. So this is going to create better fights on uh, on PBC side of it because it helps with bringing fans in for revenue. And it's probably going to just pretty much open the flood as things go down the line.
0: All right. Well, that that's good that we can start having some fans back. We're hoping for Fury Wilder. I know Eddie Hearn is trying, trying for later in the year to have some fans in the UK. For Joshua Pulev, uh, their big showdown as well. We'll see how that works out. Few more minutes with Marquise Johns. He's the senior writer on the site, bigfightweekend.com. Follow him at Weak Sauce Radio. Uh, speaking of Hearn and Matchroom Boxing, their London show has Liam Williams, uh, fighting for the British Commonwealth middleweight, uh, title, defending it against a, a guy named Andrew Robinson. He's heavily favored. That's the main event. Is there much to see here? And, and is, and is Williams worthy uh, of maybe being a mention into the world title picture here or still a ways to go for him?
2: No, Williams TJ in this one is, was originally the uh, WBO mandatory challenger for uh, Demetrius Bube Andrade. However, when the pandemic broke out and people can't travel, they kind of held it off to the side. So Andrade's going to fight somebody else, hopefully by the end of the year, supposedly. And in the meantime, Williams is going to face this guy as, as in a, that 160 belt that Andrade has.
0: <laughs> All right. So we'll see if Liam Williams can score. Uh, the impressive win uh, in that one, and again, these uh, these fights will get more important and bigger. There, I mean, there are fight cards. I'm looking all over the place on the schedule this weekend in Germany. There's a fight card in Quebec, Canada, involving David Lemieux. Uh, United yeah. Arab Emirates has a fight card this weekend. France has a fight card this weekend South Africa has a fight card this weekend <laughs> why do I get the feeling worldwide here that my man Marquise will have his eyeballs on much of this and the pulse of much of this this is what we do on the website right we're getting back we, we went for so long without and then we were getting like one fight card uh, maybe two per week now now some weekends we're going to get six seven or eight of them Marquise this is good and we'll keep up with it right
2: Absolutely, TJ, especially at BigFightWeekend.com. It's amazing during the pandemic. We we went from having to watch uh, someone see all over again with action all over the states and as well worldwide as well. That deal with Mucar is going to be interesting to see where he has been at because he's been inactive for a minute and everyone knows him for being knocked out uh, famously. And we'll see how he shapes up as well. But we are getting better fight cards, TJ, and it's going to be great down the line to keep up with at BigFightWeekend.com.
0: Yeah, we will keep up with all of this. We'll have much more on, obviously, Lopez, Lomachenko in the preview mode next week as that fight is coming Saturday night, October 17th. Navarrete, I didn't get a round from you believe this is a knockout. Do Is it early? Is it later? Does it go the distance on a prediction? Navarrete, main event with VIA Friday night, top-ranked Las Vegas bubble on ESPN?
2: I think TJ uh, Navarro is going to win by points. It's going to be one of those fights where I think Villa Southpaw Styles is going to make it a little weird for him to, for Navarro to figure out the first half of it. And by the time he does figure it out, it's going to be too late for him to knock him out personally.
0: All right. We'll see how it goes there. Marquise, have a great weekend. We'll be reading in the preview mode, the recap mode, all the fight action here. Look forward to it. Thank you for hanging out here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast once more, sir.
1: Absolutely, TJ. Thanks for having me on.
0: There we go. There's Marquise Johns. Our thanks to Steve Kim, Boxing Writer, Insider, ESPN.com, and ESPN-TV. That will do it for this edition of the program. Again, wherever you found us, through social media, through the Big Fight Weekend website, uh, through Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Subscribe, subscribe to the Big Fight Weekend Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Subscribe, and it will come automatically to you in the preview mode before the weekend. Sometimes we've got recap shows that are going to be coming too before the end of the year on some of these bigger fights. So again, if you subscribe, the latest edition will come automatically to you. For now, we're done. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Navarrete Friday night. Bunch of fights internationally this weekend. We're back next week with the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.